0: It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream given form. Its goal, to introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and older alike can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home, for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last, best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. the year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below.
1: Well hello again everyone and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 introcast. I'm Will. Hi, oh, I'm hey, Anne.
2: I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth.
1: Today we are joined once again by Jason, finishing off the season. Jason, hi Jason.
2: Hello. Welcome back. Hey Jason. Yay, we're here.
1: <laughs> Finally. Hey. <laughs> okay. I
2: know it's pretty exciting. So yeah. Everybody says it really picks up in season two. Yeah. Which clearly.
3: <laughs> well, spoilers for what I think of this episode, it really picks up in this episode actually. Uh mm-hmm.
2: huh.
1: Today we are here to discuss the season finale of Season 1, Chrysalis, but first here's an ISN special report. This
2: is an ISN special report. The world watched, the world mourns. By now we've all seen the tragic footage of Earth Force One, en route to Io, brought down by a fusion reactor malfunction. All aboard were lost, including Earth Alliance President Luis Santiago. We've seen the solemn swearing-in ceremony of former Vice President Morgan Clark. This hour, we'll review the legacy of President Santiago, including his controversial views on preserving Earth culture in the face of non-Terran influences. What can we expect from new President Clark? How will his views on key issues impact Santiago's administrative doctrine? And how will Earth address the attacks on the Narn outpost in Quadrant 37? In the words of Earther philosopher Josh Eden, where do we go from here?
1: So Chrysalis originally aired in the U.S. on October 26, 1994. It was the 12th episode of the season produced. They filmed it very early because they knew they needed a lot of post-production work. JMS is really worried about stuff getting out, but they you know, No, but is this something... No way... Sorry, go ahead. No,
2: no it's all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, is this something that continues into the other seasons in terms of them filming episodes out of order?
1: I don't think it's nearly as bad as it could it at all. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, Heidi. So, I don't think there's any way you could keep an episode of TV under wraps now. Yeah. The internet. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: Especially
2: an episode like this. Yeah,
1: things leak. Yeah. The previous episode aired in August, and the network didn't want to show the finale in August because that's the time of year that people don't watch as much TV, so they held it back until October, which was the week before season two premiered. Really? Yeah. Actually, this episode was originally advertised as season two premiered, but was shot as part of season one.
4: Oh, that's Weird.
2: interesting. Yeah. yeah, and they started the next season really quick too.
1: Yeah, the week after.
2: Don't you wish some shows would do that? <laughs> yeah. yes.
1: Please
2: hold off on the season finale. Don't give me a cliffhanger, <laughs> and then I'll watch it later. Yeah, some some shows now take over a year between seasons, and you're like, oh my god.
1: Yeah. I know. Um, uh, this episode actually aired in the UK on October third, a few weeks before we got in the States and because of this glossing thing called the internet, US parents were able to get a little bit about happening like the story.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't watching it at the time, but since then I've kind of heard little grumbles that, you know, we got this first, and I just think it's only fair considering the amount of things you get first over there, you know, that sometimes, occasionally, we get things first.
1: Yeah. I wonder how long the UK was getting I think they were continuously broadcast
5: at different times because uh, Warner didn't really have any control over what was broadcast in the UK. They just sent the shows over.
3: Yeah, um, we kind of had a weird schedule over here with uh, Channel 4, who were the terrestrial broadcasters, and I'm not too sure whether we had any um, other broadcast aside from the main terrestrial um, airing of the show, because at at that time, you know, it was old analogue TV and, yeah, up until 95, we only had four terrestrial channels. Most people only watched four channels in the UK, unless they had Sky or something like that, which is um, our satellite TV provider. We didn't have too much cable providers at the time, and now only a little bit more because of uh, the advent of, uh, you know, high-speed internet and stuff, but, hmm. at the time we only had four um, channels, basically, so we'd have, you know, a larger proportion watching um, our little show here than we probably would get nowadays.
2: Right, yeah. But, like, did the people know that this was coming? I mean, it would have been kind of a little disappointing to end the season on the last episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
4: yeah. Unless
5: they were on the internet, fans never knew what was going on with the show because it would move to different time slots. It would move to different days because it was syndicated on some, in some places and it was on this network that was only half um, distributed in other places. So it would, it would, it would move to the middle of the night if there was a basketball game that night. It was oh. crazy. Wow. It was very, it was harder to watch than Firefly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And just as out of order, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this episode was directed by Janet Greach. She did an the with Star-sized portion for the voice in the movie. of the episode. Yeah. And it was written by JMS. on the commentary said he wrote this episode in two days. Because was already in his head so
3: long. Yeah, he was basically saying that when he really gets in the zone, he likes to continually write until he feels, you know, he he's got to keep up pace with what's actually happening so you know a really intense episode like this he's got to get into a really intense zone and just bash out the episode really fast that's not to say he's not putting thought into what he's doing
2: mhm well yeah. do you know if like he um submits his scripts to like a writers room for comment or if he's you know just does it all himself
3: I'm not sure exactly who would have edited his script, if anyone, but but basically, uh, J.M.S. is the head writer, and I don't think it had a writer's room mentality. I think he was writing this much more in the style of uh, a lot of UK shows, actually, where you had a lead writer, but you would give ideas for scripts to other people or other people would submit ideas and they would write an episode to your brief
4: mm-hmm. and,
3: yeah. you know, in consultation with um, JMS. One of the reasons
5: he wanted to run the show was so that no one else could edit his scripts because he got tired of people editing his scripts. Oh. So that's why he wanted <laughs> to be the executive producer of a show rather than just be the writer because he knew if he wasn't running it, he wouldn't get uh, that kind of control.
1: Okay, interesting. Let's get started with the recap. The episode begins on December 30th, 2258. They're in the council chambers. The Narn are attacking Centauri ships in Quadrant 37. Lando claims the belongs to them.
2: Is this something we've heard about before? This Quadrant 37?
1: I don't mean okay, I didn't not think this so.
2: exact place but you know,
3: throughout the series we've been having the Narn and the Centauri squabble, mm-hmm. haven't we?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry, Lando claims it's mutual space, but the Narn don't agree because they say that the treaty they signed was signed under the rest. Lando kind of threatens Jakar and Jakar says will come back on their way, to be more civilized It's cool how we call just about everybody.
3: Yeah, that was awesome. Although JMS says about this whole scene that um, he wasn't sure exactly what the layout should be for who should be in this scene, so he just jammed all the ambassadors and all the aides in. He didn't know whether they should just be the ambassadors there without the aides, but at this stage, he wanted all the ambassadors in there with their aides, but he said it looks a bit crowded.
2: It did, but I kn- was this the first time Kosh has shown up to one of these?
1: No, it was in a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but I was
2: And he was standing up because it would be weird to see him sitting down. Yeah.
1: I know if he gets tired,
2: so. <laughs> who knows if it's is it the same person always in that costume? I don't know. I mean, who
1: knows?
2: Well, and Kosh might be sitting down inside the suit. We don't <laughs> really know. <so. laughs> yeah, he may be on like one of those motorized things. <laughs> yeah. I just picture him like the little alien in Men in Black when they like open up the suit and he's just sitting in his chair. You know? Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. Could have been with the lens saw. Yeah.
3: However, I kind of picture, um, gosh, if he was like that, it'd be less like the little alien. I'm kind of more like, um, someone in a lounge chair and, you know, with the CR and just... <sighs> <laughs> you know, just sitting back there, you know, not really having too much care in the world. Just, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's smoking a pipe like uh, the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, why has Jakar not been in any episode in, like, the last, you know, six or seven episodes? Do we know why?
1: I don't know of any official reason that been are active been doing other things, Mm.
2: I'm glad to
1: see him. Yeah. Elsewhere, we get a little shaky camp action, and we see this guy stumbling through, and Garibaldi sees him. His name is Steven Petroff, played by David Anthony Marshall. This guy played Seven of Nine's human father on Star Trek Voyager. And he collapses and tells Garibaldi that they're going to kill him, and we get the opening credits.
2: Yep. <laughs> well, you kind of knew this was going to be a special episode even if you didn't know it was like the last of the season, you know. Yeah. Like all the all the ambassadors were there. Kind of a, a interesting opening.
3: Yeah, you get a date line on the um start of the episode. Oh. Which yeah. Although you yeah. Had, yeah, the only other time you had that was at the start of the series.
2: And the first time I saw it, I thought it said 1220. So that's why I made the comment about Garibaldi taking so long to find that guy. (laughs) The second time I was like, oh, 1230. (laughs) Never mind.
1: (laughs) I didn't know. I've never noticed a change in the opening, but on the commentary JMS said they had to re-record Michael O'Hare voiceover because the first time they did it they just had to get something out there and have a booth go in for, it, and, you know, not being happy with the way it sounded We're About not happy. Yeah, he said he had, they had to
3: do it on the uh, stage, didn't they, the first one? Yeah. yeah, you don't hear it on the DVDs.
1: They replaced them all. Okay.
2: Oh, okay. Good. I don't feel so out of touch. Of course, I always forget what year it is, so.
1: Uh, in Medveh, Garibaldi's telling Bonneva and Sinclair about Petrov. He was a petty freak, but now he's working for Garibaldi as the foreman. Franklin comes in, you know, the guy's dead, and Garibaldi just must be something he did to make up go all that way. I was um, nothing weird about the way Franklin came in and you know, the guy was dead. Like, yep, dead. No, it was his
2: outfit. You had him seriously in that. <laughs> no, no, no. What and- in the world? And it kind of uh, made me think of uh, Agent Scully pronouncing people dead all the time on yeah. text files. So.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least Franklin checked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, at this stage, really, it doesn't feel like that's going to be, end up being the big storyline um, of the episode, really. Um, although, technically, there's a couple of big storylines, but at this point it just seems like a another random investigation for Garibaldi.
2: Yeah, there was a lot going on in this episode. It was hard to figure out what was the main plot, I guess. And I didn't really care about this plot until it came to the point where it was like, Oh, okay, yes, yeah. I care. I agree. Yeah, it
3: kinda of snuck in there, didn't it? it? It was just coasting along as oh, this is background information, there's nothing really going on here.
2: Yeah, let's get to let's get to other stuff. That was pretty much the what we were talking about on the commentary.
4: Yeah.
2: I know. Plus, there's been so many questions built up over the season. You know, you're like, I want answers, and this is not going to give me answers. No, well, we pretty much didn't get answers, so <laughs> no, we didn't. I know. This is crazy.
1: Didn't know the season's breaking.
2: <laughs> yeah, I liked it.
1: No. So next we see Sinclair and Captain Sakai watching a news report about the President's Goodwill Tour to the Outer Colony. They're expecting him to give a major speech on human alien relations on New Year's Day from the jump point on IO.
3: And yeah, this is great little background uh, uh, plot building because first time through, you don't pay attention to this at all.
2: Especially just because I was, happening on. yeah. It, especially because I was just so annoyed by Sinclair and Catherine that I yes. <laughs> wasn't paying attention to it.
3: No, no. Uh, and every time we see it, almost every time, anyway, it's in scenes with them, so you're focusing on them. You know, and yeah, <laughs> it, it, some of the acting here isn't that great. So this my whole new,
2: yeah. my new strategy is when they're in a scene focus on everything
4: else
2: more than completely (laughs) well i couldn't focus on anything else but his outfit but (laughs) (laughs) it was (laughs) but i guess going back to the president really quick he um was this is this where they said how many colonies there were was because he was going to like five or six
5: he was going on a five planet tour
2: five planet tour and there were colony planets
5: well you might assume they're I couldn't really tell if it was he was going to the five planets in the solar system that have colonies or what it was. I don't know if okay. they really said if he was staying in the solar system or not. Okay. No. But I, I've always assumed that the transfer point off Io is a jump gate, right? So maybe he was going to another yeah. system.
3: Yeah, that's what I've always assumed.
2: Oh, so they only do jump gates between solar systems? Because it would still take a long time to get anywhere in the solar system, right? Yes, we don't know what the spacecrafts are uh, capable of. I mean, you would think so with science, yes, that you couldn't actually Uh, um, travel at speeds that fast, but...
3: Before we actually get to it, what did you make of um, the design of Earth's Forcepoint, Arlene?
2: Oh, I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. I I always uh, wonder, you know, what the purpose of some of the, (laughs) you know, design, what the design, is it functional or just for design? Um, I'm assuming just for design so that all the spaceships don't look the same and the purposes of the show but it's but, just kind of uh, fun to yeah, think about are. what the little appendages could be for Well, no, you're right to wonder
3: because uh, I think I've said this before but um, JMS is involved in almost every layer of production to some degree and he he wanted the ships at least the Earth ships to have some sort of physics basis to it extrapolated 200 years but he wanted earth technology to be plausible so i mean you've got rotating sections on babylon 5 there's part of the ship that's rotating to cause gravity and it's got solar collectors on the back uh so it's actually it's meant to function properly as a spacefaring vessel
2: mm-hmm.
5: yeah yeah i always thought the ship was just too big it's like the president going around on a cruise ship.
4: It seems yeah, it is like too big. It, maybe
5: it's just the scale of the scene or something, but it always seemed really big. I mean, Air Force One is big; is a big plane, but it's still a plane.
3: Yeah. You see, I always thought that it, um, Earth Force One had um, the president's whole staff aboard as well as him. You know, um, the vice president gets off um, at some point in this episode, and I'm assuming all his staff get off as well. So.
2: Got, and that is it, weird, it, though, that you would have the president and vice president traveling on the same vehicle. Because isn't that generally not done for that very reason? I'm sure, like, that's a there's a reason for that, and it's because you don't want your whole yeah. country collapsing in chaos if both, you know, both of them should perish. Even at like companies, they don't want executives traveling on the same um, plane, like big companies. Hmm. I saw
5: <laughs> yeah, I think he says that it's just um, the, the the expense would just be outrageous to have two uh, ships. Uh, well, I guess he just that, wouldn't just send purpose. the
2: vice president, yeah. Yeah. But I guess it is, I guess, supposed to raise suspicion, you know, the fact that he got off. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So- Catherine and Sinclair talk and nobody cares, and Sinclair very awkwardly proposes to Catherine in are Rodell's season. And they said a day. <laughs> Were,
2: you writing?
1: Were you writing fanfic again,
2: Will? Yes, I was.
1: And what else happens, Will? I've been waiting, We'll wait to we'll find out next season.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, I just put uh, you are not going to propose in that outfit. <laughs> that was the most unromantic outfit I've ever seen. It was a tracksuit. not a very attractive tracksuit. It was terrible.
5: Well, it wasn't a romantic proposal, so I guess it worked out fine.
3: <laughs> Although <laughs> she seems to be enjoying it, she was kind of giggling at some of his goofy comments. Clearly, clearly she's into Sinclair.
2: Yeah. I thought it was kind of cute. The speech part, not the outfit yeah. <laughs> I, I, I,
3: the only reason I can say they've got these um, robes is because of the frictionless seat um, sheets and they kind of they, they're <laughs> anti frictionless this um, robes or something that you have to wear in the frictionless seat to, to stop you sliding off or something <laughs> yeah, didn't his old girlfriend give them those to him though?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, what was her name? Caroline. Uh, uh, something that sounds a lot like Catherine, Catherine. and I can't remember which is, which uh, is. I know <laughs> I wonder if it's a problem for him <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> awkward uh, JMS said that he thought this relationship was one of the stronger parts of the show because <laughs> it was like that starship captain yes it was very boring <laughs> <laughs>
2: His, he had some nice facial expressions when he was giving his speech. Um, and at one point, he looked like he started to cry.
0: Aww. Like when he turned
2: around or something. I thought he saw, he sounded like he started to cry. I'm like, oh, that's sweet.
1: <laughs> Next, we're in Londo's quarters. He's talking to Deer. The Centauri are gonna concede and give Quadrant 37 to the Darden in with interest of peace. He then gets a call from Mr. Morden and Jordan Knight. <laughs> Lando in hour about little problem and quite
2: I like their emperor's name. Is this where he says the emperor's name? Emperor Zug. Oh,
5: that's one of the gods.
3: Oh. That's uh, the impression I get is that's a former emperor, an emperor who's died and then been elevated to godhood. It's very similar that's to what, yeah, um, that's what I other thought. Yeah. On Earth. I
2: like it
1: Next we're in the Lynn's quarters and she's still walking on that Lego set.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's looking good though.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, but I was, I think both Heidi and I were very excited to see Morden. We weren't uh-huh. sure if we were going to get him back, so. Uh-huh. My only problem uh, was you the guy
3: to You've definitely gotten back this episode. Sorry, Heidi. What did he say? I talked to him. Have you-
2: My only problem was later, the the guy working for Garibaldi looked kind of like Morden. Oh, yeah. I was confused on the commentary. I was like, okay, wait, who who is this now? Yeah, then there was another security guard that looked like the other. <laughs> yeah! Everybody looked alike.
5: Yes, they had a very 90s uh, Starship Troopers look to them.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: So Lanier had been set to see Kosh to relay a question, and his, with Kosh's response was only one word, yes. Yeah. So the Lynn looks, uh, looks a little anxious and tells the Lynn for her there.
2: So I thought it was funny that she had uh, Lanier ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> but then she goes and talks to him anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: She doesn't just
3: ask whether, what the answer is. She says something like, Did you relay my question? properly word for word. So she's trying to make sure the question was the right question. Maybe she's thinking, oh dear, perhaps he didn't ask the right question. Maybe he asked whether Dakar wants um, sauce with his whatever he's eating rather than the question she wanted
1: answering.
2: (laughs) And we don't know what the question is,
1: right? no, yeah, I, not I just assumed
2: it was something to do with him pulling his thing back, but I have no idea what it would be. Yeah, no, clue. Sorry, we're jumping ahead,
1: Will. Yeah, fine. There was a question in the commentary about what Lemire was saying last week about 11-something. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. didn't get into it. Yeah, the Minvari count in base 11 instead of base 10, so 11-1 would be 12. I think Lemire was saying something about his 11-5th or 11 birthday. Ah, okay. is his 17th birthday.
2: Oh, oh, really? Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't
1: think he said how old he is now. He was talking about 13. Oh, okay. I don't think he's 111. Dang it, I
2: was
5: hoping.
1: Sir so Garibaldi's investigating, and down below, he finds a lurker who moved Petrol. Turns out that lurker in Petrol was hired by some guy named Devereaux who unload cargo. They don't know what the cargo was, it was legit. They would somebody else. Patro decided to ask him around. Found out something that scared him half to death.
2: Yeah, this was boring, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this little homeless camp was ridiculous. I mean, they actually had a fake glowing fire barrel, <laughs> that they were gathered around. It was a barrel, but it was like lit up by I don't know a heater or something. It was so weird.
3: And they had a little urchin girl. The only way yeah. I could have made it even more ridiculous if it as if she had this fake Cockney accent,
2: too. Exactly. And she was terrible. Sorry, but it was not a good performance.
3: Although the um, guy Garibaldi ends up talking to is interesting casting.
2: No, yeah, he was okay. He never closed his mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, he's I mean, just... willingness to to so cast someone like that, to give an interesting performance, because, it, you know, it, it's, you know, he's got, it's not quite a list but he's got a very pronounced accent that, you know, a, a, your average casting director, would go for someone like this? hmm Well, the casting, never never mind.
2: Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about the casting director on this show.
1: Uh, next, Londo goes through a maze to meet Mr. Morden. That is cool.
4: Yeah,
1: there's just a little fact about this maze. In the original U.S. broadcast, they actually aired the version where the CG wasn't put in most of these maze CG. So, in the U.S. As the broadcast, you can see just a little bit of maze, to then you can see the back lot of wall, like, the door with, like, an exit <laughs> sign on it. Yeah, yeah.
2: So <laughs> Somebody really? got fired. Does somebody have a copy of that, like a video of that? Because that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, JMS said that there's still copies floating around, and he's kind of embarrassed every time he sees that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, people
2: were like, why is there a movie being shot right now? Does this have to do with <laughs> the plot?
1: He was saying that uh or the people were like, hey, why is there an exercise would would it be like a door to like outer space or something like that what do you say
3: <laughs> yeah something like that too, yeah. uh, people being very literal about that
1: <laughs> yeah
2: well this comes after last week and we got that shot of the behind that little rock garden which we hadn't seen before either right that's so pretty cool to see all this different stuff that we never knew was there
1: so Mr. Morton's associates think Londo has great contention, um, but Londo thinks he's on the part if he's going to go. Morton thinks he should try, should keep trying, and office offers to fix the problem, and in Quadrant 37, Londo laughs at. So Morton says it's for Londo to tell his governor that he will personally take care of the problem on Quadrant 37. Londo asks what the price is. One says there's no price for the simple that asking for help. Sounds like a price to me. I know that yeah. doesn't sound yeah. too good. Yeah,
2: <laughs> never agree to that. Never.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out what they saw in Londo in particular. Just that they thought that he was blackmailable, or yeah, because they talked to all of them basically and asked, you know, the question. Uh huh. Yeah, or I heard if that. They on wanted to... What? You say, I heard
5: you guys mentioned that on your commentary about uh, why, you know, why they come to Londo with that? Um, I think mostly just go back and look at the responses each ambassador gives and see, you know, what's different about Londos compared to everyone else. It might help you figure out why they would choose Londo.
3: Well, that and what Londo says in this scene uh, before he accepts the offer what Lando says about himself in this scene, as well, both it's of those so much, added together.
2: It's not so much Lando in particular among all the ambassadors, as it is just, you know, Lando in general versus other people, let's say, on the Centauri homeworld, like maybe the Emperor or, you know, somebody with more political power. I'm I sure guess it's the placement on Babylon Five. I guess, yeah. I assume that they think that he's going to then get some power on his home world and be able to help them, just because they helped him here. His star has risen. All I remember that he said to Morden was that he wanted the Centauri to gain back their power, I guess, or their presence in the universe. Maybe his answer was less selfish than Jakar's, because, like, I just remember basically that Wando wanted to gain the power back and uh, Jakar just wanted to destroy the centauri, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was it. It was less of a selfish...
1: Yeah, we're at the end of Jakar's so, You know, didn't really matter anyway. And Delin told him to go away.
2: And then Kosh beat him up, so...
1: <laughs> so then next, Delyn goes to see Kosh. She says she has some doubt and she must know if he's true. She can see it in her own eyes. So then Kosh... Flashes basically. Reveals himself. Yeah. She seems happy. You don't get to see. Yeah. You
3: don't get to see
1: what she sees, but she
3: definitely sees something.
1: Yeah, she seems happy. She'll keep her promising you will not see her again as she is now.
2: Yay,
5: On a scale of one to ten, ten being the angriest, how angry did it make you that they did this and didn't show you what it was?
2: Very, very angry. <laughs> I like a nine. Uh, I'm just so used to it. <laughs> I feel like it's to ex- to be expected from this show, so I would say a five, because I feel like eventually we'll get to see it. Um, yeah, it was pretty typical.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: keep all those predictions bubbling away. We can't get to them yet.
1: One of our feedbackers brought up something about this scene that I wasn't going to mention, but
3: well. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna have to actually take a quick look. Whose feedback is it? and it
1: was uh, bills. See whether we can. Anyway, I'll keep going. It Bill's. I left it in there, but.
2: Is it something that somebody watching it wouldn't have known, or?
1: If you were paying close enough attention, just go back and watch the scene again. <laughs> you know, okay. We'll get up later. Sound like, when I watched it, I like, didn't remember that being when they all. Like, like, yeah, you know?
5: I, I wouldn't mention that, because that's... Yeah, that's... That's not something you notice. <laughs> Unless you've watched it a hundred times.
3: They are... I see what he said. There's a... Yeah, there is a sound. Yeah. But it could be interpreted as what Bill's written. It definitely could be interpreted that way.
1: Anyway, the next scene is December 31st, 2258. We're in the Dark Star and Garibaldi finds Devereaux. Devereaux is played by Edward Connery. He was in the Lost episode, the Constantinople, the Garibaldi makes Devereaux come with him. Devereaux wants him not to poke around at him. And get him.
2: I feel like security are not taken seriously on Babylon
1: 5.
2: Yeah. Nobody respects security.
5: I can't believe um, Garibaldi went alone to arrest a mob boss.
2: Yeah. Oh, no.
3: Oh, no. And he didn't even have his, um, magical coats and hats. <laughs>
2: his black leather you
3: know. one, yeah. Yeah, the one he wore in the other episode, you go down below. Oh, well. There is one thing about this scene, might as well tell you now, um... It's the last time we're going to see you, the casino. <gasps>
2: what?
3: They needed the space for other sets.
2: Wow, I am deeply saddened. Actually, we've only seen it a couple times <clears throat> this whole season.
1: Yeah, I would. Hmm. Yeah, that's very why they fun. chose to.
5: That's why they chose to knock that one down because it it didn't get very much use and it wasn't very interesting.
2: I didn't it, find
3: it interesting. You know. You may see parts of it again in other places. <laughs> we'll
2: have to look that oh. um, I think it's because Lando talks about loving the casino so much <laughs> that it feels like it's more of a part of the show than it is.
3: Yeah. yeah. And of course, last week we did get a scene in the casino, so it's mm-hmm. kind of fresh in our minds.
2: Mm-hmm. It's been tainted by Lando's man parts. <laughs> <I
4: don't
2: know. laughs> Which, by the way, did you guys? I haven't listened to the thing. Did you guys talk about how it kind of looked like the fake Kosh's brain sucky thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> okay. what I thought it was. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, next, Sinclair goes to see the car who's busy with some female company. Sinclair Clair tried try to <laughs> settle this quadrant 37 issue.
2: Yeah, why is she in there?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: doing his menage pot or whatever? Yes. Uh,
1: Reggie has to be available it all time. But, I mean...
2: <laughs> I well, that sounded...
3: She did seem very pissed off that she's having to sit there whilst he's enjoying himself in the other room.
2: Code the <inaudible> with
1: that. <laughs> seems like Lanier is always there for the lid, and Deer is always there and Kondo to
2: I hope he's not there when Londo's doing his stuff
1: though. <laughs> so Jakar. Yeah. Sinclair warns Jakar not to let anger cloud his judgment. Sinclair thinks he has a feeling they're at a crossroads and Jakar is thinking about what path to take. Jakar says it's late, yeah. What I'm did like- you make of um he's
3: um Jakar in this scene then? <laughs>
2: Oh, well, there were some distracting things going on with Jakar, but um, I liked what he said about that Norn was agrarian, um, or somebody said that, yeah. that they were an agrarian species before the Centauri occupied them. That was interesting, because basically that that made them into, you know, saber-rattling, warmonger type people, or at least what we've seen of them.
3: Yeah, although in, I think, you know, Paid more depth to uh here because you see expressions go over his face when Sinclair talks about this and even yeah. after he says, it, it's a very telling line, we know what we're doing. So,
4: yeah.
3: you know, is it all warmongering or is this, you know?
2: Well, does, it's anger.
3: Yeah. Oh, and shall we talk about <laughs> the thing we're not talking about?
1: What is this robe?
2: The clothing? Oh, oh my god. I, <laughs> that was the best thing about this episode. It was the best. I loved it so much. I
1: oh, love this Yeah, so, uh, J- J- JMS said when he wrote this, he forgot the robe open, so they had to make a chest. And, uh, Andrea said <laughs> it took a long time to put it on, and when it was taken off, he said it could be heard a block and a half down the road. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> Hard <laughs> to counterpoint that though. Um, the actor felt more attractive when he was in the Jakar makeup. He he, he saw himself as um, lean and sexy as Jakar, and yeah, there, there's just there's tales of him around around set um, out the back smoking a cigarette, acting all suave and cool, <laughs> and
2: <laughs>
4: for yeah. some
2: reason haven't made a Buffy reference in a while. The the, the fact that we could see his chest kind of reminded me of Giles in A New Man from Buffy, you know, where he becomes that demon. <laughs> Jakar like that demon. Yeah. <laughs> Jakar's <laughs> brother. Oh, that makes me sad, though. I think we're not going to see that robe again if it would cause so much pain. And who knows when Jakar's going to be back. Dang it. I love that robe. It should go in some kind of Hall of Fame.
1: <laughs> amazing. Somebody probably has a maybe a fan mm-hmm. <laughs> so next Catherine and Sinclair take a putsy dance with a Susan anger involving to the fresh air to tell them about the engagement want them to be the maid of honor and the best man
2: yeah that was sweet I, li- I kind of liked
1: it I kind of liked how Catherine's like well, I don't have any friends here so I think for you to be my main body. <laughs> I know you default <laughs>
2: She was very gracious about it, Susan. Yeah. I mean, her Yeah, she was very nice about it.
3: Yeah, I think the only other woman she Catherine's probably had any contact with is uh, probably, um... Um, what's it, Jakar's say? Why am I blanking on her name? Natas. Yeah, Natas. She couldn't not exactly from Natas, could she?
2: Well, there's Talia. <laughs>
3: mm,
1: yeah, there's Talia as well. Yeah, she was at so...
2: Conspicuous absence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody
1: else
5: uh, was there, and, and it definitely couldn't be Delan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's <it's>
2: exposed. <laughs> well, and uh, she's the uh, she's the competition.
4: So. So oh, that's
2: true. Yeah, it was illegal.
3: <laughs> there, there, there's a little anecdote in this um, scene where um, JMS basically says, given all the time he spent working on Babylon Five. All the characters are still there in his head, occasionally having conversations with one another or arguing. <laughs> because, you know, he spent so much time and so much effort in this world with these characters that they're all still alive somewhere in him.
4: Well, that's
1: nice. At this point, Garibaldi's aide calls to tell them that Devereux is missing, along well, with two guys, with Devereux.
3: Yes, and I wonder how they went missing.
1: Hmm.
3: Them <laughs> it's
2: not was it that guy, the security guy, or?
3: Yeah, basically, he's he's Garibaldi's lieutenant. Called him up to say, Deborah and the other things are missing. Well, I I kind of think yeah, he actually let them out and then huh? called Garibaldi. Yeah.
2: Right. Oh, that, so I that was that I, guy. Okay.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Apparently, Devereaux's PPG didn't have a serial number that only Earth Special Agents have unlocked PPG I,
2: Yeah, I didn't really quite understand the point of this at first, like them saying that. But yeah, I guess it's to point fingers at, that there was some involvement by the Special Forces in this incident. Though, technically, if you wanted to not point fingers at yourself, you probably should use a marked one. <laughs> You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. If
2: only special forces have unmarked ones, then use a marked one to steal right. somebody's.
3: Not or you manage to steal someone in special forces which makes you. Yeah,
2: hard. or yeah, exactly. That's a little harder, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. Next we see the Narn military outpost and some heavy cruisers in Quadrant thirty seven get destroyed by this creepy. The
2: spider ships. Oh my God, are they ships? Are they creatures? What I are they? Know. I'm confused. No, I spider mean spider things. <laughs> is it? Uh, is this something that we can find out, or is this like a big secret?
3: You can find or out as you watch talking? the show.
2: Arrgh.
3: Yes, oh. just carry on watching
4: the show. Now.
2: <laughs> what was Morden talking to? Yeah, Later. little miniature ones, or. Are... So it seems like they are creatures more than ships. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Are they are like trans-dimensional? Popping in and out of dimensions?
4: Yeah, hmm.
1: The things that saved Catherine in that one episode was something oh, else. Oh, something different. Yeah, yeah. that was so the walkers of Sigma 957. Okay. Yes, I get all these
2: things yeah. mixed up. Yes.
1: These are something else.
2: But these I are the ones are. we saw in Signs yeah. and Importance, though.
4: Right.
3: They are.
2: Okay.
3: Well, we saw one inside of importance. We saw two here. Two, maybe three here.
2: It seemed like a lot.
3: That's because they're big and scary.
2: Yeah, they're really scary looking.
3: Oh, and if you didn't catch it, listen to this scene next time. The sound design in this is brilliant in this scene. And, I mean, just generally in this episode, I feel like sound design and the music has stepped up It it feels less throwaway sci-fi from the 90s and more this is a sci-fi opera. This is an epic story. And yeah, just having that extra level in the sound design and the music really adds something to this episode.
2: Was it like, I mean, do you mean like the sounds they used or...?
3: Oh, the sounds they use and the um,
2: score by
1: uh, Christoph Frank. Huh, okay. Next in the CNC, we see Ron Abel talking to Clara. There's a news report. on oh, there are a lot of news reports in this episode. But this one says that Vice President Clark has left her one because he has a violent effect and it to return to the team later.
2: Sure he does. What was his name again? <coughs> Vice President what? Clark. Clark.
1: Right. Yeah, hey, I'm the bearer of bad news. I'm go ahead and say this, to you guys. This is our Clara's last episode.
2: <gasps> You're joking. What? Uh,
1: the unfair. actress wanted to spend some time traveling with her husband and have some personal plans. Oh, Clara. Did she
2: get thrown out of the airlock with Koda? <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Aww. Well,
1: hopefully Poor we Sarah. get a new person that we can name. I want to yeah. do, we should do a tribute to Clara.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> we should. Stirring all of her I things together. <laughs>
3: uh, so, yeah, she probably gets transferred somewhere else. So where do you think she's going to Get moved to. I mean, if she's leaving Babylon 5, where's next for Clara?
2: Well, somewhere very important because she's a very important person. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, Mars,
2: maybe. <laughs> what's going on with Mars? So, anyway. Elizabeth, basically, we just keep getting attached to the characters that
4: inexplicably
2: <laughs> disappear. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't love anybody anymore. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> just like in real life. I'm just kidding.
1: Actually, <laughs> gerb i'll be talking to his a yeah he had been in three previous episodes mind war and the sky full of stars and eyes he's in any he's in ivan of his dream and Eyes, and he's wearing a mask
2: okay that doesn't count so but he was in mind wars and
1: and the sky full of stars I
2: doesn't he
4: do
5: oh, some knew- shading in a sky full of stars
1: yeah uh, yeah we'll get to that <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: But do you know what he's done other than that? What, um. In terms of his resume?
1: Oh, you yeah. not?
2: Oh, you might See. have. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't was remember.
1: You're like a okay. McCall or something. Hmm. Okay. Well, well
2: yeah. yeah. I knew I recognized him, but I wasn't sure if it was from this or not.
1: Yeah, maybe it's
3: Well, um. JMS says about this actor and the twist that happens with him in this episode. He didn't tell the actor what's happening with his um, character until this episode was filmed. Okay. He he deliberately kept the actor in the dark. He actually says that telling the actors what they have to know, rather than anything else, means that they don't play the result. Rather, mm-hmm. they they'll you know if you tell them they'll play the result rather than the process.
2: Right. He might like a little shifty or something.
3: Yeah, and give the game away. Or there's some uh, something else happening down the line, and they'll play the result of that rather than everything that leads to that.
5: Yeah, this guy wasn't subtle at all, so I imagine that would have been a problem if he would have known earlier that <laughs> he was supposed to be a bad guy. He wouldn't have been able to be subtle about it at all.
3: Yeah. However, if you go back and watch the episodes he is in, there's... There's actually already
4: clues
1: in there,
3: even
1: though he didn't know. Yeah. JMS knew, and he laid the groundwork for this. Okay. He hasn't been in much of in Babylon 5. He's an episode of Knot's Landing and he
2: no, He's probably just familiar from Babylon 5. Yeah. <laughs> I just linked him out.
1: So they're looking through a piece of Deborah's cargo that never made it out. Garibaldi finds a primitive jamming device designed to jam the gold force frequency to Earth Force One. Quit running to call it Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> he has a realization of runs off CC player calling the A to lock cargo after he leaves his A contact to the one he's by.
2: Okay, so, it, are the jamming devices, they're jamming the transmission out of <clears throat> Earth Force One?
3: Yeah, and um, the surrounding um, sector of space. um, That's the impression I got, and just Mm -hmm. this part of the cargo never made it. So Babylon 5, it seems like Babylon 5 was a relay point, um, because one of the devices was meant to jam the area around Earth Force 1, and the other device was meant to Jam signals coming out of Earth's sort orbit. Of when I think, so you know, they put in two layers
4: there. Mm. Okay.
5: Yeah, because I think at some point when they're trying to contact them, she says where the transmission is breaking off, and it's uh some place in Proxima, which is the next star system to to ours. Oh, okay. Proxima. I'm su- I'm assuming that's Proxima Centauri. I guess I've never looked it up, but the the next star to us is called
3: Proxima. Yeah, and I think they call it Proxima in this show just to avoid confusing with the Centauri. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Which is not in the next solar system over. Yeah.
1: Garibaldi runs into Devereaux in the quarters and pulls out his PTG, but then he gets shot in the back by his aide. And uh, A aid, takes Garibaldi to I was
2: very worried that Garibaldi... Was going to die because he had made that whole speech about how good things were. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, here
1: we oh, go. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, he had his last happy moment.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, was Yeah, so if y'all probably don't remember, because we tried to wipe that out of our head. In TKO, there were two times when Garibaldi's boxes were in, told him to watch his back and push that there.
2: Oh, really? Okay.
1: And originally, guys, the traitor was supposed to be Kawashima. Oh!
2: Oh! Yeah. Wow, he had this planned. <laughs> yeah,
1: he did <had> it. <laughs> he did. That's interesting. Talks about some of the things that the A has been doing all along, like, in the, in the sky full of stars, it was him who took Sinclair out of his, was napkin out of his quarters. And when that guy got killed, the guy who they were blackmailing got killed. It was the age who helped dispose of the body.
2: Wait, the guy they were blackmailing?
1: Yeah, the guy who was in death. In death.
2: Oh yeah, okay, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's the guy who brings the info to clear The guy Garibaldi kind of sees through that info and kind of sees aid at the World.
3: Although I don't think he was told at that point, but yeah. maybe somehow he, there was directions in the script to look worried because for some other reason. But when you know the truth, it plays completely differently.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm trying to picture that in my head.
3: <laughs> yeah, there, there's other points as well which are really interesting. There's a point where um, in the episode eyes, he's talking to um, the Major off in the background. Uh, you know the uh, um the major name who was investigating Sinclair. Yeah, oh yeah. The yeah, maybe
2: uh, actual problem with Scar
3: on his face. Yeah, they were having him. a secret conversation.
1: Oh, that it. oh was it? I
3: Oh, and um, earlier in the season when Vesta came aboard, it was him who. Um, Vesta was talking to, and so you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my God, he's been in everything. Why have I didn't remember that he was in this show before? That's so funny.
3: He's <laughs> all over the place. I mean, but I think there's another time too that I can't figure out off the top of my head. But he really is, and you then have to wonder what's he doing? What's his it's, true motive?
2: It's just because we didn't name him Elizabeth. That's the I know. Problem. <laughs> I know. And what, so, what was his actual name?
1: I don't think they gave him a Ooh. <laughs> Let's
2: see. I have to think about that. <laughs> There's no other derivation of Clarence, right? So. <laughs> oh.
1: Saint <laughs> Clair calls the CNC. He can't get in touch with Garibaldi. Uh, he wants Susan to keep trying to reach him. DeLynn. Oh my
2: God! Why is she back? with her hair straightened, and the braid, the same night. That was so weird. They <laughs> we also said that the highest level of security is ultraviolet, which I thought was cool.
1: Delenn comes to see Sinclair. She shows him the Triluminary, and she asks him if he remembers what happened at the line. He kind of remembers fragments, doesn't so know what it means. She wants to tell him what happened, but it's a bad time for to find her and
2: <sighs> It's always a bad time. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that she's. this conversation is interesting. Yeah. You know, she just kind of assumes that he remembers. I guess he has been giving little hints, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, probably comes out with it. No, you know something. <laughs> 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 she wants him to come see her as soon as he can. Hey, um, JMS made a comment about how in most shows you gotten there just in the nick of time to find out, but I'm not, sure. not on this show. No,
2: not on this <laughs> show. Uh,
3: and also, he it, he it, made the same comment and applied well, not exactly the same comment, but applied a very mm-hmm. similar comment to the whole resolution of the president's situation that on most shows you would expect the commander to get. To CNC just in time to get a signal through and stop it. Oh,
2: yeah, no.
3: Not on
1: this show.
2: Well, this is the first time we saw a picture of the president, right?
1: I think we saw a picture in a few episodes. Oh, okay. dang. Can't remember it. Yeah. It's
2: okay. Well,
3: do
1: you want, want to hear. repeat the trivia things. thing? The uh, trivia? Well, no, I'll let you Yeah, he, um, this Doug Meredith guy. So. Who... Oh. Yeah, co-created so the show. Oh,
2: that's right. You guys mentioned that before. Okay. Yeah, right.
3: yeah and, and the extra bit is that um, JMS basically says in commentary, "Yeah, the first chance I got to kill him up, I took it."
1: <laughs> so next, we see Garibaldi struggling to get to an elevator. <laughs> the long struggle. JMS said that years ago he was mugged and just left there. to kind of exactly that right direction he was riding. Um, what? Wow. He was
2: shot or something?
0: Not sure. you for, uh, He must have
2: been hurt it, if he had yeah,
3: to call He yeah. doesn't go into the details, but yeah, he must have been hurt quite badly. So he was trying to convey, you know, how when you're injured like this, distance is just stretched, you know. Yeah. He used yeah. it as inspiration. It looked hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you could really see the pain in Garibaldi.
2: Can I can can I ask a quick question? I'll, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to rewatch a lot of the episodes before we you know do our season one wrap up or whatever. Oh, yeah. But um, when the president was getting elected, mm-hmm. I think it was the first episode of the season. Um, what was his platform again? Anybody remember? The platform he was running
1: on. I don't remember. I think he wanted better motion Okay. I
2: thought it had something to do with that. I just couldn't remember exactly. So, which lends credence to the home guard sort of idea.
1: Mm-hmm. And next, you see Natasha wake Jakar to tell him that the outpost in quadrant 37 has destroyed. Like Ten thousand warriors dead. They don't know what we have done it. It kind of go into. Rey's um, They don't think they human. Centauri don't have more lines, don't care. And stuff like that. So that's like that. Yeah, I
3: love tough in this scene. But she's in shock. You can see the shock in her face, but through the prosthetics, she, she's acting brilliantly here, and she's only got a few lines, but it's a tragedy for her, and she conveys this brilliantly, I think.
2: hmm she's good. I like her. I like both of them. They're both really good at that.
1: So, we will see, Garibaldi um, make it to the elevator. In the Zocalo the countdown to the meeting, which is zero, somebody opens the elevator door and seeing it Garibaldi. Oh,
2: I realized later when they put him on to the cart in the medbay that he did have a, a wound in his back but you couldn't see it until then so I, I was I was like why didn't she just think he was passed out drunk <laughs> that's what I would have assumed on New Year's
4: <laughs>
2: although the
3: scene does mirror the one at the start of the episode with Petro stumbling into the Zocalo so you know he, this episode full of symmetry full of Images that just resonate so well, because he's telling the story through everything he can, through the dialogue, through the action, through the direction and the music. I, yeah, I, this this really kicks Babylon 5 into a different
4: gear.
1: And the wind's quarters, Lamir wants to know if this is the only way. She says, what must happen will happen, and we just know the way of prophecy.
2: So Delen went and
3: talked to Kosh and now she's all cryptic, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually says Valen prophesies this.
2: Right, but yeah. She's
3: really yeah.
2: And said the day would so, come.
3: Yes. Although she doesn't know what's going to happen exactly and she she thinks it might go wrong. So there's a possibility here that this is incredibly dangerous for her, and you—you know—that's um, conveyed in the dialogue. I think.
2: I guess this is something that happens because he didn't seem super duper surprised that um, this thing created a big chrysalis, hmm. uh, so
5: yeah i never i never noticed the noises she was making while she was in this thing before until until this time around it's like that doesn't sound very pleasant yeah so his his tear his tear makes a little more sense later on like i couldn't figure out why he was sad but he's just been listening to her cry out in pain for hours and hours he probably is pretty sad
2: yeah i wrote that down too that she sounds like she's in pain she did
1: so if she's wrong she'll die. She puts the final piece in her Lego set by luminary and something starts to happen. She says that if Sinclair is coming, she's gonna if she's gonna come and must be seen. The MS said that the whole time nearer back to those time. So Garibaldi's being rushed to Med Lab and practicing ready for surgery. Garibaldi tells him that they're going to kill the president and to of the Trance point off IA. This message will be a lot more helpful than the other guy Oh, yeah. Um... What other guy's message? The guy who died earlier. Running. Yeah, he said, he
2: president. Yeah, he called president
1: to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, gonna kill him, like, ooh. Well, that's great,
2: buddy.
1: Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, next we see Earth Force One arriving at Jupiter. In the C and they're trying to reach her on the channel to be jammed. So they're watching the ISN broadcast of C Air Force One at the Yeah, that
2: was pretty shocking.
1: In Med Lab they're gonna start the operation in five hours. Odds aren't in great for survival. Sinclair so orders someone to find Devereaux and keep Garibaldi under surveillance and cut back and see that they're that Sinclair is talking to is body. Oh,
2: I did like the scene, though, when they all witnessed um, the. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Did we already get there? That, that, was oh, yeah, when it, yeah. that was when they were all watching it on TV, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good scene. I liked that scene.
3: Um. Yeah, JMS was saying he was trying to echo one of those big, life changing events where, you know, this big thing happens to a society and everyone remembers where they were when it happened. It's a huge tragedy for, you know, all of humanity at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems like that's kind of the point, too, because they didn't have to kill all those people on the on the Earth Force One. You know, they, they if, if they have that much power to get stuff to Earth Force One, then they could probably get to the president anytime they want, or at least in other points. But they chose to kill him along with a bunch of people on TV, so, you know, that, that had to have been part of their plan as well, to make that kind of impact and statement, rather than just but killing
4: there's
3: the to, Yeah, there's got to be reasons behind it.
1: In the lens corners, we see when they're crying, and we can hear Lene off camera, but she's been
2: Why do I have the words stop smiling? Somebody was smiling inappropriately. I don't remember.
1: Oh, uh, maybe Lanier looked like he was smiling all the like, time.
2: Um, no, I think it must have been in the earlier scene.
1: Okay, well, maybe that was. Um, yeah, oh, or some. Random oh yeah, yeah, that's background. right.
2: He was smiling. He should not have been smiling. <laughs> that's a Really? Thing.
3: Yeah. This is a th- this is why you don't tell your actors too much <laughs>
4: because
3: he would be smirking throughout the whole series if he had known.
2: I'm We're re- not in
1: a re- melodrama. Re- you don't need to tw- twirl your mustache and, yeah, it was too much. So, Jakar and Natasha run into and Shoto, and both sides offer their condolences for what just happens, Happened. Jakar wishes them luck with their justice.
2: This was a really nice conversation, and I almost forgot about the horrible CGI.
1: Yeah, JMS did say he would see that was he, yeah, better in the scene. In the it's race.
2: always bad when they're yeah. in
1: that
3: shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. I am just thinking this this scene would be improved so much better if they can get it released on DVD and get new special effects. This scene yeah. you, you're, you you wouldn't even think about it cuz you'd have some great special effects.
2: The um the Talia conversation has traumatized me for the I have bad flashbacks.
5: Yeah, basically every composite shot in the show is really bad because of the you know if you were watching this broadcast you probably wouldn't have even noticed because the the composite shots actually look worse on DVD because because compared to the rest of the of the show which looks so much better right you know, yeah. if you're watching this on your on your 19 inch screen or. 17 inch screen when you were in 1992 then it's not going to look that bad but you're trying to use the transfer was not kind to it because they have to stretch it and you notice immediately that you're in a composite scene it looks blurrier like everything's blurrier even the people the non-computerized parts mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's really not a problem that solves itself it get, you know the special effects get better but it's just a problem of the of the transfer problem that they had for all five seasons
3: yeah and occasionally the um colors get washed out or they get changed you know a blue uniform will suddenly become green or something like that
1: yeah i was just thinking about a laptop that always bigger than the screen i was watching tv on that <laughs> Lando goes to see Morden he doesn't like that all those people are killing Morden they're only gnar. Londo's still upset about he didn't know that they were going to kill all the people by the way he's going to find a way to protect oh shit Morden tells Londo his name is being spoken at the highest level of and Lando's being thought of as a hero since so he'll be around
2: yep yeah, nothing ominous about that
5: I like how Londo doesn't ask how, he knows that. Yeah. And if he knows high-up yeah, people yeah. in the Centauri yeah. government, why don't you just go to them?
2: Yeah.
1: Next, we see Sinclair talking to a senator. The senator says the explosion is being classified as an accident. He doesn't really believe that Garibaldi could have found a conspiracy of her best men, and she wants Sinclair to remain silent on the matter
2: I basically Mm. just think that
3: everyone is in on this plot. The president is in on it, the senator is in on it. Well, this senator, I mean, she's a different senator to the one we've been seeing all season. I've only just had this thought whilst we are talking about this, but was Hidoshi on Earth Force One as well? Is Senator Hidoshi dead as well? Because otherwise, why isn't he talking to Senator Hidoshi? What does that mean? We never see Senator Hidoshi again? I'm sorry, that's... You've got to carry on watching. <laughs>
2: I'm
1: so, next we see Garibaldi's aide calling some security guy because he's found the men they were searching for, and you see Deborah Rowe and his guys, and the aide says he killed him in self-defense. The other security guy doesn't really believe it, but he uh, accepts mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> Sorry, I've <laughs> <laughs> twice on this show already. But
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, yeah, you see it, like maybe. <laughs> maybe everybody is. But, uh, you see the shot of Franklin getting ready for surgery?
2: Uh, putting on that like, little transparent mask and hat. I love it. Mm-hmm. You've got to see the actors'
3: faces, <laughs> you know? You can't cover them up like that.
2: So it's sexier that way. Mm. Just a hint of faith.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: We see Saint Clair watching a news report about, like, President Clark getting torn in, like, at a Oh, did you? Is this Is where they
5: show the picture of the of the swearing in?
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, so Did you have yeah. a trivia about that?
1: Um, just that he was trying to mirror LBJ being started on Air Force One after Kennedy's assassination.
5: Yeah, they also filmed that uh, that picture. They took that picture, set up that scene uh, on the anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. Mm.
2: So does that mean that the president's wife was there in that shot? <laughs> was it, uh, yeah, she's was in the, the
5: pillbox was... hat and everything. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Um, and you know, for a modern show, you get almost the same shot when uh, Laura Roslin gets signed
2: in as well. Which uh, that's one of my favorite scenes in Battlestar Galactica.
1: So Kosh comes in and he says a line which I don't know if it's in but he says, "And so it begins," which the said at the end of the rebirth ceremony, and I believe Ian said that in our first episode.
3: Oh, I did <laughs>
1: because I knew this was coming. <laughs> Uh,
5: mean it means that uh, Sinclair and Kosh are now married?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Talk about an odd couple.
3: But, but, no, it's just a race to marry Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, because... because once,
2: uh once Dylan turns into something else, then she's no longer married to Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> and Kosh said yes, he would take him, so... Yeah, that was
1: the question. Yeah. Wow. That's a question. <laughs> figured it out. Um, um, yeah, whenever I'm starting some kind of, like, new adventure, like, a new job or something, I'll say, smooth. <laughs> so then Kosh reminds Sinclair to that Oh, he
5: says you have, or we shouldn't say the quote, right? Someone yeah. Have it. <laughs> Making him a sandwich?
1: <laughs> so I got my food. Oh. So Sinclair rushes off to Lynn's quarters. He's too late.
3: Yeah, when he rushes up here, he almost has exactly the same expression as he had earlier when he heard from Garibaldi about the president It's kind of a double take, and then run off screen.
4: Yeah,
2: but he has his little stubble, and his you know he's kind of unbuttoned. So we've seen yeah. that before.
1: The so St. Clair sees the Carissi as he wants to know so we whether we're going to into
3: the. Yeah, um, apparently um, the crew. On this sheet, uh, we were placing bets as to what uh, um, would happen when the chrysalis opened.
2: Mm-hmm. What were the bets, do you know?
3: I don't know what the bets were, but yeah, everyone was betting on what they thought was going to happen. <laughs>
2: Beautiful butterfly. That will be
1: cute. The next, Nataka got us to see Jakar, but he's left her a message. He has suspicions about the quadrant thirty-seven attack and he's going back to home world if he mm-hmm. were able He wants her to tell us and that he was right. They are at fault. Yeah.
2: So basically, he's accepted that he's gonna give in to, you know, retribution. Kind of. Is that? That's kind of what I took from it.
1: In meth lab, Londo and Varner are watching the surgery. Those idiots don't care about
2: yeah. Wait, what? What did you say?
1: Said so he missed Garibaldi.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so as we see Morden in his quarters talking to some creatures, he says yeah. that.
2: Why does Morden have quarters?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: why are they so creepy looking? All dark. Yeah. Just a chair. And why is
3: it? Yeah, yeah. Why is it just a chair and quarters? And then there's loads of empty space, which we find out. Is an empty space. There's these creatures.
1: Yeah, Lon- he says Lando is perfect for the lead. and can the time. It's right, Lando. Lon- Destiny
3: Destiny. is on their side. Yeah. yeah, they have they have rentable quarters
5: on Babylon 5 for visitors. I mean, they get lots of traffic through there. So, right, uh, but
2: he just kind of disappears all the time. So it just seems like he wouldn't really need him. Well, I mean, unless he's there...
5: I mean, he doesn't come there just for one day, so he's got to have somewhere to sleep at night. So I don't know if there's a hotel or... Um, it sounds, like, just it just, it sounds like they just rent out room. rooms. Because <laughs> uh, Iron, Ironheart had a room that he rented when he came on the station. Of course, he yeah. had more furniture. I don't know how he got to... F- Maybe that was just the only corner we could see. Maybe he pushed all the furniture up against other walls.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> to make room for his associates... Because that's why he calls them earlier in the episode.
2: They were kind of fading in and out, right? I mean, they were kind of good, yeah. sort of slightly disappearing and coming. So it's like either they weren't there, they were just projections, or they were going in and out of I don't know the dimension or the reality or something. Very, very
3: interesting. Yeah, well, you don't really see much of them, but you. What do you make of them?
1: Wow, I did my notes in a hurry. I said, I said St. Clair is in his quarters with Lanier, but he's there with Catherine. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: you have a rich fanfic
3: line.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he writes that you seen so much better than this
3: show. <laughs> oh, given we've already had Lanier on an adventure with Lando and Lanier on an adventure with. Garibaldi, you, you never know the high things they could have gotten up to.
1: Yeah, the lens in the crystal is always up to you, the narrative. <laughs> Free at last!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine tries to comfort him. He's sad. He's like, Wife is he. in the cocoon. Friend is guy. <laughs> yeah. He's
2: married to Kosh now, I <laughs> <take> it.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, um.
2: Never it seems
3: car's disappeared off the station. You know, he can't prank him anymore with, you know, his little jokes. <laughs> it's no yeah. fun anymore for him.
2: Claire is leaving. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Disappointment oh, about.
1: A change. finally in Lynn's quarters we see Lanier standing good I
2: thought her eyes were going to pop open or something. Yeah.
1: So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah You know, um, JMS said he did this on New year, Year's with all the simple of the sick controls. Um there's a question about um Garibaldi's vibes like, like you know, she had been on aircraft right? um I mean, he's kinda saying she might have been ahead of her. Like when the president was coming to Babylon five, she would have been ahead of him. She may have been
3: Yeah, she might have actually been at whatever station He's at the jump point for IO or transfer point for IO. Sorry, um, yeah. So she might have been there, and so she might have escaped it.
1: There, yeah, I guess. Sorry, who? His <laughs> and friend, uh, oh. oh, like okay. a little Oh, like a family niece guy, you know? Not, re- not really Yeah, a niece.
5: yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, I missed the first part of that, so I thought like, I was trying to figure out who you are talking about.
1: Um, I guess someone complained about characters not staying the same. He, uh, JMS pointed out Star Trek where, like, you mentioned the race you have after seven years, nobody's been changed or all the time, nobody's been promoted, and, like, Riker was second in command for seven years, and the he went He was saying that change is the options, option to he had arcs the characters uh, or Muddy's
2: Okay. Character development is always a good thing, right? Yeah, I, I can see why some people would, you know, would want their characters to stay the same. I mean, I guess when you're talking, it's more like when you're watching a procedural or something, you kind of want the same characters to be there for a while. But I don't know, it's interesting. Like this, uh, yeah. I don't know yeah, the show. Yeah,
3: a lot going on. And at the time, Star Trek was practically the only sci-fi on TV. There was a few others, like um, X-Files. Um, I think maybe Sliders might have been on around this time, maybe a little bit later. But, I mean, even on X-Files, you know, there's, there might be some characters available, but it's it's at a glacial pace.
2: <laughs> yes, or they just forget about it, like Mulder's Fear of Fire.
1: Yeah. The MS said that someone did a tally, and he... Posted sixteen thousand messages about Joe during the course of the show. So really, them, wow! Yeah, was it sixteen thousand or was
3: it sixty? I didn't quite hear right.
1: Oh, it sounded to me like sixteen, but maybe it was. jeez form formed a real body of fan community that way.
2: I'm um, was. Do you know Do you know if any of the fans um, back then, or any, are listening now? Anybody that's listening to our podcast was on the message boards back then. I'd be curious.
1: I yeah. want to say Yan was... Jan? Um Well, I'm pretty sure I've seen mentioned someone who... Well, no, it's not Yan. Maybe Yan was, but I never know another person who turned on Facebook when, when he first started doing the podcast and a reference about being on the old words I'm not sure if he's listening. That
2: would be interesting to see what their opinion of that was. Seems like it would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. You we know, talk directly to Great the question.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a. I um I
5: just checked the website. Someone has actually uh collected these on a website, obviously. And there's uh currently seventeen thousand eight hundred and four. Uh he last so, posted he last posted to Usenet in two thousand ten.
3: Yeah, so it was probably sixteen thousand at the time. Yeah, there was it's pretty been pretty sporadic since uh um since a lot
5: of activity ha- stopped happening in the in the Babylon five universe.
3: Well, he's got forums over there, so he may have posted on other, you know, threads. Yeah, he does Facebook, and uh, and he does Facebook a lot now. So, oh,
5: cool. but yes, when you're all done with the series, you can read every single one. I will.
1: <laughs> I think last time I watched, yeah, I think it's... last time I watched the series, I did read them all.
2: You did? You guys both
1: did? Yeah. Yeah, I oh. read them all.
3: I know I read some at one point, but I couldn't get through them all. There's just
5: so many of them. Yeah, the the lurkers guide is is a, a website where they put the actual pertinent posts in with the episode they go with, which makes it a yeah. lot easier to keep up with.
1: Yeah, that's what I read. The lurkers guide for every episode. Of episode. So Alexis, do quotes of the week.
5: I've got one.
1: Know?
5: Uh It's uh Delane to Lanier. She says, "And speak of me well, or speak well of me when I'm gone." I just really like the phrasing in that and the tone of her voice. Yeah, I like it always brings a little tear to my eye.
1: And also Sinclair at the end, nothing's the same anymore. So he says, uh,
2: oh yeah, I had that one. I um, have oh, you go. Okay. Sinclair. Look, do you want to get married or don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay, I have a funny one. Um, this is Londo. But this this is like being nibbled to death by, uh, what are those Earth creatures called? Feathers, long Bill, Go Quack, <laughs> cats.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, JMS actually says in his commentary that that seems to be one of the favourite lines uh, from the fans, from the whole series. <laughs> For some reason, people latched onto that quote.
2: It's just because it has something to do with cats. You know how people are yeah, you know? yeah, Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, James is some- mostly the same thing. He thinks there's a lot of cat lovers.
5: It's something I still say. I, I, know, I actually never heard the term "nibbled to death by ducks, but nibble to death by cats sounds perfectly acceptable. <laughs> as, as an English phrase. Apparently the ducks one is older, but I had never heard it before, mm. so this is the one I know.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go for Oh, oh, sorry, I had it, but it's Natoth uh, and Jakar. It's gone. Oh, oh, I messed it up. Sorry, you you guys wrote through my quotes, and I had that one, but I can't remember what how it's done. But I've said before, like, the exchange. Just imagine that exchange in your head. Sorry, I can't give a quote. That's, uh, it's
1: okay. <laughs> Any others?
2: Um, I wrote down one from Morden. I'm not really maybe I I don't remember if I just liked the way he said it or whatever, but um uh, Ambassador, you're a hero. Enjoy it. Actually
3: there is one um from Kosh because it's got a double meaning to it. You have forgotten something.
1: Oh yeah. I that. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: So something Kosh said had double meaning. <laughs> what?
3: <laughs>
5: Yeah, I was going to quote that just because you always have to quote every cosh line.
2: No,
1: There's <laughs> so the few of them.
3: I, oh, of course, cool, so there is one more cosh line that no one's quoted yet.
1: Yes. <laughs>
3: okay, confirm Lanier, but
1: Come it's still a <laughs> uh, How about we do characters of the week? Who is our human of the week? Garibaldi.
2: Garibaldi.
1: Yeah. Very happy with Garibaldi.
2: Especially if he's gonna die, we got to give him the last one.
5: He, saw, he <laughs> solves the presidential assassination in one day. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> he gets taken down before he can fix it, but he solves it.
1: Who is our alien of the week? Oof,
4: that's a hard. I had
1: a hard time. time. Wow, yeah, I couldn't figure out anybody. The car. Well
2: Warden, an alien? I don't know. I don't know what Morden is. Um. um yeah,
4: I
5: don't know. It... I really think Natath, for me, just because she has the most emotion, just when she reports on the on
4: oh, the destroyed okay. station.
3: It's not just then; it's also in the uh, turbo tube thing when she's talking to Ivanova.
1: Yeah.
2: Mhm. I'd be fine
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah, I could go with that. Right, Garibaldi and Natal. Second, for Natal. Uh, let's do some episode rating. You want to start out, Jason?
5: Well, this is my, either the favorite one of the season or second favorite, so I give it 10 out of 10 marriage proposals.
4: Oh, wow. Uh-huh.
3: Whose marriage proposal to whom? <laughs> <laughs> All 10 of them. up for you to decide.
0: <laughs> How about you, Heidi?
2: Uh, I like this one quite a bit. However, it definitely gave me more questions than answers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I'm going to go with eight, uh, 8.5 out of 10 spider ships or possibly creatures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I definitely, uh, appreciate everything that happened. Um, but watching it was, and it was, it kept my interest and I definitely like where this is going, but as a, but as an episode itself by itself. I, I can't quite give it my highest rating because there is a lot of questions and some of the parts I was more interested in than others. Um, so I also give it 8 out of 10 long-beaked cats.
1: <laughs> what do you say, Ian?
3: Well, you know how much I like this episode. I've already said that I love the sound design in this, both the music and the actual sound effects. The the way it's structured, how there's so many mirroring events going on, and that this episode can be rewatched several times, it, it teases out all the threads that I've been building so far and kind of lets them hang in the breeze, lets you want to grasp them again once you, you, you're ready for the next season. Y- you want to see where this story goes, and I'm mm-hmm. ready again. I'm ready to take this ride again. And it is one of the best stories of this season. And I really feel like Babylon 5 has arrived again. I, I'm i going to give it 8.5 out of 10 farewell claras.
4: Oh.
2: That seems low <laughs> from, from after A, your at, stirring speech about it. Yes, it is. But the problem is
3: um, Babylon squared is better. Babylon squared is better, and Babylon squared is so much better than this. But it, this is also really strong. So that uh, that point variation is why Babylon squared is out in the in front, and that's the only reason why I'm not. Rating it quite as high Is because I've got to Distinguish between the two episodes
2: Yeah
1: Well I also really really enjoyed This episode and I think a lot of it Just me had been Finished with season one But yeah there was just so Much going on so so much Good stuff and great Performances it was getting Knocked down a little bit because of Captain's ties So, So Claire. I <laughs> so I give it nine and a no nine out of ten shots to the back.
2: Oh, mm. <laughs> not shots to the heart
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to blame um, so that gives our total score an 8.8 the second highest
3: deserve the season.
1: So how do you think we're gonna you do me go? Okay, I will talk to you guys
2: next week.
1: Alright, now it's time to head into feedback land, right? no, and I didn't come up with any kind of vehicle <laughs> to take us there. <laughs>
2: Not Earth Force One
1: okay? <laughs> Not that one.
3: Weird spidery things.
1: Yeah, let's I'd be scared to get on one of those. <laughs> mm. Alright. No voicemails?
4: No voicemail. what
1: happened to our voicemails? LA! Well, our
4: L-A, L-A,
1: L-A. Uh, we got a email from Elena. Apparently, we've been pronouncing her name. So, yeah. Oh. Okay. Um,
2: so, one of you guys should read the one that has the spoiler thing in it, then, so that you can take that part out.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, um... Okay, first, we have a comment on our website from Squiddy. Who wants to take that one? I'll
3: do that one, then. So, here we go. Spoilers for Believers. And this podcast. it's for the
2: podcast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, that's what he says.
2: What do we not know?
3: If I see anything, I won't read it. So he starts out by saying, or see, because it's probably, who knows? I'm catching up on your older podcast and found myself strongly disagreeing with your very negative reaction to this episode. I quite like Londo. It can be bad. Sorry, it can't be that bad. (laughs) Believers is the most misunderstood B5 story. Almost everyone misses the joke. This is a fanboyish nod to Isaac Asimov by two mega fans of written sci-fi. In case you haven't noticed, Babylon 5 is full of written sci-fi references, from visual echoes of famous book covers to character names, place names, and even some events. Above all, we have the golden age of science fiction, paraphrasing Koch. Believers starts with the Asimov and Raiders. From then on, the story is... The story is raiding ideas and making references to the works of Isaac Asimov. A few examples are, Franklin is about foundationists. This comes from the Asimov Foundation series. Um, And the discussions about people with fixed notions comes from Asimov's Pebble in the, the Sky. There are many more referential ideas and quotes. The original Star Trek borrowed from the original Star Trek borrowed from Golden Age written sci-fi, which is why B5 referencing Asimov looks familiar. My rating as a story is 6.5 out of 10, as in Asimov tribute, 10 out of 10. Oh, I don't get the um, quote. Oh, as a story, 6.5 out of 10. As an Asimov tribute, 10 out of 10. I get that now. Sorry. <laughs> well,
2: that <laughs> but was I was good confused too. Background. <laughs> um,
1: All right, yeah, thanks. Interesting.
2: Thank good. you for that. Hope you continue listening.
1: So, Tori also left a comment. I think this is about. Maybe not eight, it's simply, you know.
2: Okay. <clears throat> much as I've been enjoying the podcast, I really want you to get to season two. I've been rather hesitant to feedback much because I find myself wanting to jump in and correct things, but I think it'll be a little easier with season two. In part because it's when I started watching the show, so I'll be more able to relate to the newbies, even if it was nearly 20 years ago now. And in part because the show gets quite a bit better and becomes the show I know best that I'll probably feel less need to contextualize things or point out the subtle bits of setup, because we should all be able to enjoy the whole picture better. Buckle up, kids. It's about to kick off.
4: Thanks, Tori. Well, thanks.
2: I am very excited about Season 2. for yeah. Cheers,
3: Tori, and hope to hear you in Season 2. My uh, experience with
5: intro casts is that it does not get easier as the seasons go on. <laughs> <laughs> until you get to the very end and even then it's like you don't want to give away that last bit
1: uh, it reminds me I'm going to see Tori this week <laughs> I'm going to see her too Not this week but' LA.
2: that's a yeah tell me how tell me how it was uh,
1: she will be awesome
2: yeah she's always awesome
1: We have some comments on Facebook health uh, Corey says i enjoyed this episode and I also have to laugh at some of the quote-unquote futuristic clothing they come up with. Some of it works fine, some of it not so much. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but than spider Spidership are different than the space life and the the Narn sage Sinclair Fiancé from, right? Yes, they are.
2: According to them, yes.
1: <laughs> Tomas left to a comment. I just caught up with the podcast and this is my first piece of feedback for you guys, or any podcast. Yay, what?
2: welcome aboard.
1: All I'm gonna say for this one though is that what, what's her nuts, he plays Catherine is the worst actor in the history of the show. <laughs> and not that her, <laughs> and that her return in this episode is the one thing that almost convinced me not to continue with the series. Seriously, that performance is painful. Die, die, die. Luckily, <laughs> I continued and got to experience all the wonders to come. I just recently found your podcast and I really love it. You guys work really well off each other. I say return with more feedback in season two, but for now I must poof. Thanks, Thomas. Oh, thank you. Oh, cheers, Thomas. Yeah.
2: I just find her so pretty. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) She has those nice eyes. I I don't think there's a way that she lines them.
4: Yeah,
5: she just showed up on, uh, Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I know that woman from what, somewhere. Was that?
4: that her?
5: Yeah, that's the mom of one of the newer oh, characters. She yes, may, have been, may have been there last it season. Is.
2: Yeah. Yes, it is. So, stay away from Teen Wolf, uh, Thomas.
4: <laughs>
2: In general, stay that's away from Teen it, Wolf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, it really is.
1: I never got past it's really
5: it, it. It's, it's got a definite Buffy vibe to it, so I do enjoy it, but... It's not that good. It's not Buffy good or anything.
3: A certain character on there really needs to grow and change. Everyone else is actually developing as a character. They did something interesting with him last season, but now, yes, he needs to grow and change. He's, anyway, <laughs> that's my guilty pleasure. It's not Babylon 5.
1: On Twitter, Anna K gave us a she said, I gave Chrysalis 10 out of 10. I remember. Was a very good app.
2: <laughs> Chrysalis? Really?
1: <I'm> sorry, Chrysalis.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, okay. I want, to, I want to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, next we have emails. Our first email is from Bob. Okay. From
3: Bob. Great episode. Loved it right from the beginning that, ooh, loved right from the beginning that all of the ambassadors were back. It Yay. was nice seeing Jakar and Londo at each other's throats again. So, what's the concern? What, so, what's the connection between Kosh and Delenn? Well, I think
2: we've eliminated that, the answer to that question.
3: Yeah, I think we hit on the real answer. Delenn is now... Mutating into something else, but want so. But we conveniently don't get to hear Tara Sinclair about it. Who are the ones who solved Lando's Quantum Thirty Seven problem? Jakar has his suspicions. I think it's clear that uh, the vice president was behind the president's assassination, as he became ill just around. The time came out that he became ill just in time to avoid being present. Mm, mm, that was a bit convenient. Oh, that yeah. really was convenient.
2: I guess we'll go Sinc- into our suspicions next week. Our series uh, and stuff. Yeah, do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Sinclair and Sakai are engaged.
2: Woo!
3: I've watched. I have watched enough just reading to hope that this means at least one of them will die.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's pretty pretty guaranteed.
3: So, Jakar is leaving, Garibaldi is badly injured, and who really knows what's going on with Delenn and Kosh? I am really looking forward to season two, Bob the Grant.
2: Thanks, Thank Bob. You, Bob. We are too yeah, Bob.
1: And next email is from Michael. Take mm-hmm. that over.
2: Sure. Uh, Okay, from Michael. Greetings, veterans and ambassadors. Well, the end of season one has arrived and all the many questions have been answered. Mm, Not exactly. This episode does a great job of touching on and reminding us of the many different, more intriguing plot arcs. Whilst it doesn't really resolve many of them, it certainly pushes them forward and ramps up the excitement for season two. So much good stuff happened. I'll comment on what I remember. All the major players were back, with Jakar revisiting his earlier saber rattling. Human womanizing ways, and Londo bemoaning his government's inability or unwillingness to stand their ground. Enter Mister Morden, one of my personal favorites. He always looks so smug and somehow oily. <laughs> the mysterious spider-like ships again show their awesome power. And what were and what were those forms he was talking to in his room? And how did they get onto the station? I wouldn't like to owe them a favor. Agreed. Mm. <clears throat> Delane has completed her Lego construction, and does it have something to do with Kosh? I've watched it before, but I can't remember what the question she asked was, but I'm sure it was important. Sinclair had other things on his mind, so turned up late. I suspect he'll regret missing that conversation. I know I do. Now that she's in a cocoon, shouldn't Lanier be getting her into a swimming pool? (laughs) 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 On to the human side of things, and there's a plot to kill the president. I'm happy to hand wave the fact that all the evidence and the perpetrators are hanging around on the station. It just seemed a little unlikely to me, but if they weren't if, but if they weren't, Garibaldi wouldn't be able to catch them. I like the suitably shifty mister Devereaux and the double cross of Garibaldi's second, who has been worked into a few previous episodes, which lends weight to the betrayal. I love the commander briefing him about security in the med lab at the end. Oh that was when he smiled. <laughs> <laughs> the cringe worthy proposal scene is best forgotten about. Uh, overall, a great episode, lots of other stuff happened, but I could go on all day. Perhaps it's because I know where it all leads, but I thought this was a great season finale, but asks a lot more questions than it answers. Rating, 9 out of 10, mysterious, spidery aliens. Human of the Week Garibaldi, had a lot to do and got shot in the line of duty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> automatic, automatic human of the <laughs> week, that happened. Alien of the week, Jakar. It might just be that I've missed seeing him, but I love the transformation from brash confidence to scared introspection over the course of the episode. Quote of the week, Londo. But this, 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 this is like being nibbled to death by a paw. What are those earth creatures called? Feathers, long bill, web feet. Go quack, fear, cats. Londo, cats. I'm being nibbled to death by cats. As always, thanks for all your hard work, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the episode and predictions for season two. I'll throw my weight behind a commentary episode for the next episode. It's a must. All the best, Michael, UK podcast fan. Oh, thanks, Cheers, Michael. Michael. I suspected you were a UK fan when I saw the extra use in some of the words. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he's suggested a commentary for the,
4: the first episode of season two. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah,
3: the first episode. I think actually, probably right. Given certain things, I agree with him.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, well,
1: I'll talk to Heidi. We can probably arrange it. Our next email is from Victor. I'll take, um, I'll take this one. Chrysalis was an excellent season conclusion, mixing elements of comedy with dramatic plot twists. Londo shows concern about being nibbled to death by those quacking animals he calls cats. He should be more wary about his new friend Morton. He says that someday he may ask Lando for a favor. Isn't that how things work with the godfather? Mm-hmm. Delyn seems preoccupied with fulfilling some prophecy and speaks out Kosh. I'm not sure what good that does because half of the time the Limbari don't make sense and the Borlons never do. <laughs>
4: so
1: the non an in this episode too, and the top explains that Jakar is fatigued, which is understandable what three women emerge from his bed chamber.
3: Well, I will say we don't know Jakar's plev- pleasure thresholds. <laughs>
2: Oh, all the way to the pilot there. Yeah. You're so we never do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only one actually working is Garibaldi, who is investigating a smuggling operation. First, his informant Petrov is killed, and then Garibaldi is shot in the back by his own second. Things start going from bad to worse when Londo's new friends help him solve the Quadrant 37 problem by destroying the entire Narn outpost. Those creepy black ships are back. Berlin's triangle pyramid is all lit up now, and I'm starting to think it might not be a Jenga set after all. Garibaldi <laughs> manages to gasp a warning about a plot to kill the president, but it's too late and Earth. Earth Force One is troy. Deborah was at least in but he was shot dead after a supposed exchange of gunfire, even though his PPG was CTG cold. Sinclair knows the president was assassinated, but the Earth government won't listen. The official line is that the ship's reactor malfunctioned. This reminds me of the French admiral who lost the Battle of Trafalgar. Soon after, he was found dead in his Paris home, stabbed twice in the heart, and he was to suicide. <laughs> so there are traitors within the Earth government, and a new enemy was fostered from quadrant 37. Lando may not know it yet, but with Morgan and his associates, he may have a tiger by the tail. Dangerous to hold on, or even once to let go. This is another strong episode, worth nine quacking cats out of ten. Regards, <laughs> Victor.
2: Thanks, Victor, Cheers, Victor. as
1: yeah. usual. Our uh, next email is from Bill. I can do this, please.
3: Plow straight through. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: And so it ends, not with a whimper, but with a bang. You see the long awaited return of all four ambassadors, as well as nearly every recurring character on the station except itself. You know
2: and Tolia.
1: Titled- the title... <coughs> oh, I
3: was going to say, <coughs> yeah... <coughs> I was going to say something about Talia's absence, Sarah, and she seems to have wiped it from my mind. I'm starting to think that she's actually a silence.
2: <laughs> she's actually what? A who's silence? a
3: silence? Wait, wait, who's
5: a silence? Talia. Wait, who's that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I
1: don't know what that is. You're not a Doctor Who fan. You don't get that.
2: <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's even funnier if you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the title Chrysalis was first mentioned in Legacies when newly awakened telepath plucked the word out of the mind. And now we see why. It was a great episode, one of my favorites of the season, with several answers and even more questions. Isn't that always the way... But once again little things get through. For instance, quadrant thirty seven. I might be wrong, but isn't a quadrant supposed to be divided into four? It's not saying a hundred thirty seven percent. A better term would be sector or like grid at one. Then there's the dying man quote who manages to his last words to reveal they're going to kill him, but not who they're going to kill. Come on, how tough would it be to then to say they're going to kill the president?
3: Where well, have you been present this night?
1: Santiago!
2: Yeah. Yeah. Come on, dying man. Get
1: it together. <laughs> then things settle down, and Sinclair, looking rather than Hugh Hefner ish, poses to Catherine and breaking the heart. Oh, no, he did not like Hugh Hefner
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: Jacardia,
3: if anyone...
4: kind of. yeah, I say,
3: If anyone's Hugh Hefner,
1: <laughs> Perhaps that's what the Christmas is for. She's going to turn into a giant space mantis and be her rival. Oh, yes. Or not. But at least we finally learn what is building with her light-bright Lego set. Seriously, though, Sinclair says he and Catherine finally got things right. That's because they never see each other. How can they find time to fight? That's true. It's seeing with Londo and Mr. Morton making his first return. Looks like he wasn't just a one-off character, but a word of caution to Londo. He loves signing blank checks with the devil. Someone says one day, you'll owe them a favor, you need to, start to do to We turn to Ka, she says, yes, but what question? When next we see him, he's stripping for the rent.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess Londo isn't the only ambassador who likes that kind of thing. My cat seemed to be enjoying Morden's allies attacking the Ka, and he's a strange cat. I think this is where I edited out that thing and we mentioned earlier. A weird kind of joke from top to in a rare turn of events, Lando chooses not to drink, but Jakar does, and he is the first to figure out that there is a new player in the neighborhood. Interestingly enough, they made a point of mentioning that Vice President is is ill would not be traveling with president. In the U.S., two executives never travel in the same plane to avoid just that kind of lost plane crashes. Michael Garibaldi discovers the truth, and unfortunately he has a bad second in command, probably a member of Home Guard. Put off-the-wall question, when Michael collapses in the lift and the doors open, why did that woman scream? It was New Year's Eve, when the logical assumption be of seeing a man lying in an elevator that he had in that Thank you. In the end, the president was dead, killed by assassination. The scene of Clark squaring in was based on the picture of LBJ after Kennedy was murdered. It was something Star Trek would have never attempted. Our last shot was of Lanier's silent, candlelight visual and the wind and Christmas. In the words of Sinclair, nothing to say anymore. Favourites this week was tough, but for being more aware than everyone else, giving it to Garibaldi, it could be as laughing at Franklin in his position. Well, at least it's not um, <laughs> At least it's not <laughs> Yeah. And he picks Jakar for being well Jakar. I give it an eight and a eight point seven five light bright Legos. Oh, as always, if members of the down below podcast are captured or killed. The secretary will just without any knowledge of you. Cheers for now, Bill W in L A. Why am I
2: looking over my back?
1: Be seeing <laughs> you. Will. Yeah. Our next email is from Yeah, he wants to take
3: I can do that.
1: Uh, thanks, Bill.
3: Oh
2: yeah, thank you. <laughs>
3: I'm just going to highlight it because it's in grey. Um, give me a second. I'll, um, I'll get, oh, nearly did lorries as well, but make uh, might as well make it a little bit bigger as well. Thanks for bearing with me. No. From Jan then. Hello, fellow lurkers in down below. Here's a bit of feedback for Chrysalis. Now, this is a packed episode. Delenn and the Chrysalis. Delenn finishes her contraption and enters the Chrysalis. What will she become? She had to tell Sinclair something, but he arrived too late. Hmm. She goes to Kosh and asks for confirmation. And what was... That, from Kosh, when he came out of his encounter suit. Kosh comes to Sinclair. So, it begins, you have forgotten something. Then, Lando and Jakar. Lando and Jakar start arguing about a base in Quadrant 37. Londo issues threats, causing Jakar to walk out of the meeting waiting for a more civilised negotiation. Weir thinks that Lando must have offended all 50 gods in their pantheon, and Lando agrees. Mr Morden reappears and offers to fix the Quadrant 37 situation for Londo. Do you trust Mr Morden?
2: <laughs> I always
3: think his smile is that of a huge car salesman.
2: Oh. Used car salesmen—they're always so beat up.
3: <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they you always get the bad press. <laughs> oh, B five has a park with a maze. Veer thought for a moment that he had entered an alternative universe. Dot dot dot. It looks like Mister Morton's friends are terribly powerful. We do get to see some more of the dark spidery ships this time. Who or what are his friends? They seem to phase in and out of existence when he talks to them. Lando is shocked by the results of the attack. Morden did not think he cared. Lando says, I didn't think, no. He did not think at all, I agree. He goes on a mission to know more. And finally, Morden's conversation with his friends, ending with, destiny is on our side. And then there's the assassination. Garibaldi gets a trip. <coughs> Sorry. Garibaldi gets a tip that someone is going to kill. When he figures out that it's the president, he is shot by his second in command. Here we see Garibaldi at his best as an investigator. And will he ever forgive himself? On- of not seeing that his second in command was a traitor. That's I found, yeah, yeah. If, if he can survive, will he ever forgive himself? I found the talk with Sinclair. I found the talk with Sinclair and the Senator chilling, did you? And finally, Sinclair realises that nothing's the same anymore. All in all, this episode proved, all in all, this episode provided few answers and many more questions. But don't despair, this for ambassadors. We're still, mm-hmm. dear ambassadors, or still, dear ambassador, we still have four more seasons to get as many answers. Hmm. We still have four more seasons to get many answers. It was p- It was packed. Even after seeing it so many times, I found that a lot had happened in the first half of the episode, and then there was still so much more will oh, quite a friend who said Babylon 5 rewards patience and attention to detail. You certainly have attention to detail, and the patience part is not too bad either. <laughs> Favorite, yeah, definitely. Favorites, all tricky this time. Everyone makes an appearance, and, they're all, and they all do really well. Human, while Sinclair is excellent, I think we'll have to give this one to Garibaldi. Alien, there's so much happening on several fronts as it is. Hmm. Ah, uh, sorry, I'll try that again. Alien, there's so much happening on several fronts as it is. Yeah, it looks like you have ever... Oh, there's a quote here before- No, no, you haven't given us who your alien is. Maybe you just to decide, because it then goes on to a quote. Lundo has- there's so many excellent quotes in this episode, including the hilarious, being nibbled to death by cats. But I will go for the darker one by Jakar, when the Toth told him about the destruction of the base in Quadrant 37. It's as if some great hand reached out from the... Sp- it's as some. It's as if some great hand just reached out from space and erased them. I love the small pauses Dakar makes as he's considering every possibility before he decides. It wasn't the humans. The Centauri didn't have the will. The Vulmans don't care. The Mumbari wouldn't do it. In other words, there aren't powerful in the... Sorry, oh, haven't finished the quote, I'll stop. The others, the other worlds aren't powerful enough for a strike like this. There's someone else out there the Toth. Rating ten out of ten. Destroyed nine bases. That's all. That's all for today. I hope you made it before. I hope you, I made it before you started. Watch out for all the signs. and portents, Yan the Babylon lurker. Thanks, Yan. You made it. Yeah. Thanks again, Yan. Yeah, just in time.
1: <laughs> See, our next email is from Laurie. Okay.
2: All right. Hello, ambassadors. Hard to believe we are finishing up season one. And not surprisingly, once again, with more questions than answers. I loved your <laughs> I loved your big size and really at the end of the commentary. I am sure I said much of the same at the time. Also liked your comment about Londo always wearing the same outfit. I am now picturing rows of purple jackets in a very large closet. Yes. So much Remember happens... he
3: actually, the- sorry, uh, I just remembered this. Uh, he actually had a quote earlier in the season... In purple he's stunning.
2: <laughs> That's why he wears it all the time. I always I was wondering like does the Centauri hair just naturally stand up or does he sit there poofing it up every day in the <laughs> mirror with a bunch of hairspray? Things I think about. Okay. Or is there, um, about... Yeah,
3: yeah, is there a um does, on Babylon Five reach? Or does
2: Veer have to do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just okay. the
3: top half to Buff to Jakar's head. So back to the feedback.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so much happened in this episode, but the first very important question for the ambassadors is: How do we like Evadne's new hairstyle, the braid? Oh, thumbs up for me. This was my son's first comment that he really liked her new hair. We also liked her hair at the dinner. (laughs) As did I. To more serious topics: Do you ever think that Londo should have been surprised by what happened after the deal he agreed to with Mister Morden? Did he truly think that a non-violent solution would have been possible? Were the ambassadors surprised to see his remorse? And how will that affect, excuse me, how will that feeling affect his future actions? I was kind of surprised to see his remorse. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like he agreed to things without really thinking about it. I mean, considering yeah, what happened rem- to this ship last time when he got the eye back.
3: Yeah, was it remorse or was it fear that he'll be found out?
2: Yeah, maybe a little of both. Uh, okay. <clears> okay. <throat> I liked Garibaldi figuring out the plot, but realized as soon as his assistant could not read the numbers on the device that something was up. That, that actor suspicious looked to him as well. One thing that bothered us watching was when the medical team turned Garibaldi over on his back. Yes. However, JMS said in notes that I was told by our medical technology consultant that after you take care of the basic external wound, you always turn the body over and go after the internal damage from the front. I was told why three times, but still can't retain it. I think it involves easier access without cutting around the spine and makes breathing less laborious. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good information because I was wondering the same thing. Nice to see that JMS had everything accounted for. After the president is killed, I cannot recall if anyone predicted that. I thought the view of Morgan Clark telling the, taking the oath of office looked very familiar. And in fact, JMS says, um, did we already read this exact thing?
1: Uh, we much, yes. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: well, it's the same. I guess that they re- we read before. Overall, a great season-ending episode and many questions. I know. I really wonder what Lanier had been sent to ask Kosh, and what did Delenn see when she went to see Kosh? What was their conversation really all about, anyway? Favorite quote: "The ever mysterious Kosh, and so it begins." Human Garibaldi. Even though he turned his back and got, sh- even though he turned his back and got shot, he did figure out that the assassination plot against the president. Alien Delen, though Londo a close second. Rating 9.5 out of 10. Thanks, Lori. Thank, you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Much appreciated.
0: And our last
1: email is from Elaine. I'll read this one. Um, Greetings down below. Sending in my feedback for Chrysalis with no time to mess with the audio file this week. Sorry.
2: Don't you mean Chrysalis, Will?
1: Is that what I said? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally messy <laughs> <laughs> Garibaldi's aide had a few scenes set up before his sudden betrayal. He was the one to escort the psychop to see the commander in Mind War. He wanted to try and clear Benson in and the sky full of stars. And given what we see of him in this episode, most likely the one who helped the Knights take some clear from his quarters as well. But he wasn't the person originally planned for this role. No, if it hadn't been for a change in cast, Garibaldi would have been shot by Lieutenant Commander Laurel Takashima. Hence, torches were planted back during the gathering, such so as the pause at the right second or you will miss it moment when the assassin enters Del quarters and the door display is Laura Takashima cleared. Wow. Whoa, weird. Notice that.
2: But, okay, so Lord, the Takashima, was she supposed to be the Ivanova part, right? She was second in command, right?
1: Right.
3: Well, she so- was meant to be the second in command, but not, not necessarily the role Ivanova then took on. It's just, basically, I think uh, Sinclair doesn't like doing a straight one-for-one replacement. That, you know, this is a new character. They're not going to be exactly the same as the old character. They're going to have their own motivations, their own character path. So, you know, I think in his head it was right. I've got this role I want to fulfill, but it doesn't work with Ivanova. So who else could play this role? And so he gave it to um, Galvaldi's second.
2: Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just thinking about originally, he wanted the second in command of the entire ship to be the, you know, the mole or whatever would have been quite quite a stunning thing.
3: Yeah, it would have been.
1: The swearing-in of President Clark was intentionally staged to resemble the photograph of Lyndon Johnson taking the presidential oath of office following the day of the assassination. Through one of these weird coincidences of Clark's fate, the scene wound up being filmed on the anniversary of the event of Rating: 10 out of 10 misidentified earth animals. Quote, <laughs> Sinclair, nothing to say anymore. Human of the week, Garibaldi. P.S. Uh, I must be slurring when I talk If that's the only reason I can think of Why everyone I meet Keep calling me Lane you know, Oh sorry Elaine Elaine
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry
3: I'll pr- overly pronounce your name then So it's Elaine Not Elaine And it's not Ah R- lane <laughs> Sorry
1: Wow! Thank you for all the feedback, everybody. You've got yeah, lots. <laughs> yes,
3: that, that's incredible. Everyone, you did a great job this week. You just you missed our audio that. feedback. That's all.
2: And I guess if anybody wants to send feedback for season two summary, um, oh, mean she, oh, I mean, I, I mean, one season one. Sorry, again? overall oh, yes, season one. Yes. No, please don't send feedback <laughs> as a season two summary. Uh, that would be a little sweet. <laughs>
1: yeah, give us comments, Facebook posts, email. Audio, smell, some How was no
4: How was
3: 2258 for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Jason, thank you for joining us again.
2: Thanks, Jason.
1: <laughs> Hope to thank see you. you back in season two. Yeah, well,
2: yeah nice. You've
3: been a great guest.
2: I will
5: not be on the season premiere. That would be neat of me to try to sign up for that one, plus <laughs> there's a lot more people this time around. Yeah. I was in on the ground floor.
1: <laughs> so, uh,
5: so
2: Yeah, um, you were like in how many episodes did you do with this this season? It was like four or five, four, right? Four yeah, that's...
5: Well, three and a half. So I was late to the last one. Oh okay. Uh, but uh yeah, no, when uh I was just on Facebook like the second uh he posted the sign up for season one, so I grabbed Chrysalis first and then went from there.
3: Yeah, well yeah. you can always send in audio feedback.
5: Oh, I'll be signing up next year for sure. Yay. There'll be more, there'll be more yeah. competition this time around.
2: Oh,
4: we'll see. We're, we're, everybody has to get it in
2: at a certain time, apparently. <laughs> what is it, July 20th?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. next week, a week from our recording date, so it'll be a few days after this release. Um, send in your request after on July 20th. The details are on the website. And is that noon Pacific time? Week. Yeah,
5: and when you say you want people to sign up for, or to request as many as they want, so... Requesting twenty two would not be a good idea though, right?
1: Well, you can if you want to. I'll just go down the list until I find what I haven't been taking. If you want to prioritize the whole thing, <laughs>
2: there are probably <laughs> maybe one or two I could miss. <laughs> well, that's good to know. You know, there's only a couple uh, non important episodes. That's all personal opinion.
5: i was say one thing: I was surprised watching it this time around. I Thought I remembered more answers in this episode after listening to the, the commentary you guys did. And then I, when I watched it, I was like, I guess there are quite a lot of new questions and not a whole lot of answers.
2: Yeah. I mean, we really didn't get many answers. I don't think
5: mm. I noticed a lot of pe- a lot of uh, veterans who left um, feedback talked about the answers you get in this episode. And I wondered if what if they were seeing things just from a different perspective because I definitely saw it from your guys' perspective where it seemed like there were just lots of new questions.
3: There are lots of new questions if you're going through this for the first time. But if you're going through this for, you know, your multiple times, your second, your fourth, your tenth, your twentieth, whatever, um, there are actually answers, but they're so subtle and so well out of plain sight that you're not going to pick them up as a newbie, as a new viewer. Mm. They're
1: there though. <laughs> All right, folks. That's all we have for today. Next week we're going to do a right season one a recap episode. So send in any comments or questions or whatever you have.
3: Yeah, that's and right all week. your new viewers uh, out there, send in your speculations and predictions. I
1: right, see you in one week, everybody. Until next time, take care and goodbye. Bye.
4: Goodbye. Bye. Shut up.
0: Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio, also downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.